whenever my world falls apart I never lose hope or lose heart Whatever the form of the storm that may brew Not with you to lean on, darlings, you Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn, playwright, filmmaker, and professor of communications at American University. When Michael Bobbitt was here talking about Once on this Island, we got off onto a sidetrack about bad lyrics, one of my favorite dead horses to beat. We run the gamut in this conversation from Broadway to film and back again. We join the conversation already in progress. And especially with a show like Miss Saigon that had all these... Also had the problem of bringing the London cast over to right. Broadway, which Ec- Equity does not like at all. Right. And Cameron right. McIntosh is famous for doing. Right. Yes, all three of his first big hits, I think, did it. I think Cats was the only one that didn't. He put um, Barbara, uh, no, no Betty, Buckley. Betty Buckley yeah. in as yeah. gives a bond set of Elaine Page. Yeah, that's funny. These are all Cameron McIntosh shows. Just... The, the big symphonic <laughs> pop show. I yeah. hope they I hope they come back. I loved those. Well, they have a they have a definite place. Yeah. I mean, it's that that's what I, and one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is cuz I I knew you liked these smaller shows, but I also know that you you appreciate big splashy I Will Rogers Follies 42nd Street. I can't tell you Street how much you... I love love musical theater. I love musical theater and I and I and I get slightly upset and my very good friend Bill Yanish, who I love writing with, we like to talk about bad lyric writing and bad songwriting and, and oh, okay. all these kinds of things. Or I would I shouldn't say that. Clunky lyric writing. Right. <laughs> Strange mixed metaphors. Mm-hmm. Um, not having buttons on songs. Rhyming words uh, like cute and cute. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll do my di- I'll do my little my little high horse about um, the lyrics of uh, Pharrell's happy song, which which is really happy and happy. Right? And well, it doesn't make sense. I mean, he he asks you. What is a room without a roof? Is it like a fenced-in backyard? And if I, you ask me to clap along if I feel like a room, but rooms don't have feelings, and so I don't know how. I mean, I could clap along, but what if I'm really? What if the room is sad? And then I'm like being. And then roof doesn't rhyme with truth, and it's oh just a gosh. bunch of like not. Do you, very does good. that really bug you? That it sort of really thing. It really bugs me. My wife gets. A big song when we were seniors in high school and freshmen in college was Closing Time by Semi Sonic. And there is a line in that song that makes her furious, which is So gather up your jackets, move it to the exits. And she just, every ga- jackets and exits don't rhyme. They don't rhyme. There's no, pr- and she's, this whole thing, there's no, no. pronunciation. There's not, like he's southern or something and those words rhyme in that dialect or whatever. It doesn't, they don't rhyme. There are so <laughs> many words in the English language that mean the same thing. You, there's not, there's no excuse for not rhyming well. Mm-hmm. There really is no excuse for not I rhyming I enjoy, well. I will say, when accents cause rhymes that don't exist. One of my favorite bands right now is Arctic Monkeys, yeah. uh, who are from uh, Sheffield, which is in north of England. And in that part of the world, they pronounce the word something as summit. That's how they say it. So they often rhyme. Oh, we must be up to summit. What are the chances sure it's more than likely? I've got a feeling in my stomach. It starts to wonder what your story might be, what your story And there's also, was it? Verbal, not verbal, not verbal, vowel rhyming. Oh, so yeah, there's lots of truth rhymes because the right. vowel rhymes. The vowel but still, rhymes, yeah. it's still like a, that whole chorus is like a 
mix of bad metaphors and rhyming and mm-hmm. but I love the song because it makes me laugh. oh it's so happy it's, it's, it's so fun it's a, yeah it's so fun. It's but the other song. one the other one too and speaking of pop symphonic songs but the end of Eponine's on my own she sings I love him I love him I love him but only Which doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Hmm. It literally doesn't make sense. We can, oh, we can I, conject well, what we so think she means. I was going to say. So I guess she means they're a couple when she's alone, because that's kind of what the song's about. But you're right. It doesn't make sense. I never it thought of it. That and before. that could be lost in translation. But. No, because actually, I can answer that question. Oh, funny. Because that song, that melody in the French production is actually I Dreamed a Dream. Fantine oh. sings that melody at the beginning of Act One okay. in the French version. They then moved it to Act Two and gave it to Eponine and wrote I Dreamed a Dream for the English language version. So, Which I can only say because I just recently heard That's the so French funny. cast album. And when that... And it opens with at the end of the day, and that's all progressing. And you can kind of follow along yeah, in the sure, French. Right. And then all of a sudden, the melody for On My Own comes in. And I went, you know, yeah. sat up straight and went, oh, oh this funny. is wrong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, It's a funny, it's all on YouTube. And I highly recommend, if you okay. know Les Mis well, <laughs> listen to it. Because okay. it will just blow your hair back a little bit. And there'll be some parts where you know exactly what they're saying, you know. And they're saying red and black, you've got that, you yep. know. Yep. Do you hear the people saying, you've got it. But there are a couple songs where they've just completely reappropriated them, moved them to different parts of the show. It's a really neat listen. A, but you're right. That lyric doesn't... It doesn't uh, really make sense. And I'm... I'm and so when shame. I teach musical theater song interpretation, we have a whole section on music to lyric placement. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and we also talk about um, lyric writing, you know, and, and good lyric writing versus messy lyric writing. And and I use lots of examples. Um, and that's one of the examples I use. A lot of Tim Rice. Talk a lot about There's another example I would use, but I'm working on the show next year. I don't want the okay, company to know that I don't. Yeah, it's I just. Uh, it's very good. <laughs> I had Jason uh, I had Jason Slopstein in here talking about chess. And we got into a discussion about Tim Rice, which I'm going to put out as an intermission episode. And uh, it's I, I, I am a fan of chess. I'm a fan of the first three musicals he wrote with Andrew Lloyd Webber. But I have now seen the Lion King movie because of my son. 40, 50 times, mm-hmm. and those lyrics drive me <laughs> absolutely up a wall. A shining new era is tiptoeing nearer. And where do we feature? Just listen to teacher. It just doesn't, <laughs> yeah. that's not, and it's that kind of lyric that, and this is so snobby to say, but it's, the, it's, it's absolutely true, that when Stephen Sondheim talks about his least favorite lyric that he ever wrote is in, um, that made it to a show is in I Feel Pretty, where he wrote, I feel charming, oh so charming, it's alarming how charming I feel. Amazing lyric, but his point is, it doesn't fit the character. This is a poor girl on on the west side of Manhattan. She would never say that. And that's how, that has tuned my ear to so many things where it's, yes, it rhymes, Mm -hmm. but there's no way these grubby little hyenas would ask the question, where do we feature? Right. They wouldn't say that, yeah. and the and you know Scar would maybe would say listen to teacher, but it's such an it's kind of has an air, about but it's him. too neat. It's all too right. neat it and clean. Too, it yeah. doesn't feel like a yeah. conversation. It feels yeah. like a constructed. And I often wonder how much of that is 
when the lyric gets written. Because I know, at least when Elton John writes with Bernie Taupin, the lyrics come first, and then he writes the melody. And I wonder if that's how what they did with Tim Rice, because Tim Rice, who I imagine writes most of his lyrics in collaboration right. with like Angela Weber or Bjorn Reyes and Benny Anderson, if it became that, no, you have to write the lyrics first and then I'll write the tune, yeah, that can cause some tricky moments like that. But the lyricist isn't totally in charge of, this, of the rhythm. Yeah, and it's really interesting because I, I, rec- I have written musicals with two people in my whole entire life. Um, and I can't, I, I can't, the, the, one, the one time that the composer wrote a song first, mm-hmm. that song wound up not being in the play. Mm-hmm. Because we didn't know where the story was going. And so I obsess about the plot, and then I write a scene, and I keep writing scenes, and then the song comes later. Yeah. So I don't, those, so, so there are many people out there that write lyrics first, and, and, and I can't imagine how. Yeah, I mean, it's another works. thing that I learned from studying Sondheim is that he, they, when they ask him the question, what comes first, the music, the lyrics, he always says the book. The book. The book comes I first. Think the book comes first. And there's a great video you can also watch on YouTube of him while Pacific Overtures was in, uh, I think had just opened or maybe was about to open, uh, a young Frank Rich, which is something to see, I'll tell you, for New York Television, interviewed him and John Weidman about the song Someone in a Tree, which is, he's often said, one of his favorite, Sondheim's favorite songs. And they read the scene that Weidman wrote, and you can see the structure of the song is completely in that scene. It's already yeah. there. And... Even lines he just pulled straight from Weidman's text and put in the song. And it starts exactly the same. And it's kind of startling to make you go, oh, this is built on something. It's not just he didn't just sit down at the piano one day. And he also talks about how he tries not to compose at the piano, which is someone who doesn't oh, have he, that ability. Oh, interesting. He oh, tries wow. to – his, and his explanation was – it was very interesting. It's like when you play piano, your hands fall into certain patterns that your hands like to sit in. Uh, so you write songs in the same keys oh, and chords. That's very interesting. And he said where if you compose – Sitting down, like in your mind, yeah, you you can kind of go anywhere. And I I I if someone I can I can sit down with a guitar or a piano and I can I can fake you a song that you've never heard before, but I couldn't do it. That's funny. Whole the, cloth like that. The person I write with the most, his name is John Cornelius. We've written several shows together. He wrote Garfield. Okay. Um, and um, he gets the rhythm of the song from the scene. Mm. The pacing of the scene to him dictates the rhythm of the song. And he actually starts with the rhythm first, and then somehow a tune comes out. And almost all his songs are tunes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I marvel at people that are tunesmiths like yeah. that, that can really write great tunes. Yeah. Um, and I marvel at their ability to put songs together because I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. I, as, as someone who can play instruments, I understand how, like, if I'm playing this chord, this chord will sound good next right. to it. So I can, like I say, I can fake a song for you. Right. But it's not going to be anything I would ever, like, I can improvise a song, but it, it, it's, it'll be disposable. It'll be an improv, and then it should go away and never be played again, probably. And I always interfere with the lyrics, lyrics but I never, I do. I give them notes about well, the lyrics I just, because it's important. I like, I, I, lyric writing is something I've recently gotten into, and I like, uh, we just did the 48-hour film project this year. Um, and we got musical, and so I went on GarageBand and pulled a bunch of songs and wrote lyrics to them. Oh, and I funny. have to say that for a script I wrote in eight hours, I'm pretty proud of some of the lyrics I wrote, and I'm kind of like, I, I can do this. Like, this is, if you give me some time and some thought and actual music, I, I could. Lyric writing is, you know, a lot of fun. That's something that I've recently rolled over from deep criticism of to trying to put my money where my mouth is and actually craft a little bit. 
The original cast was recorded at the Media Production Center at American University. Special thanks to Jeffrey Madison, Tom Fish, Imani Mular, and the tireless staff of students who run the front desk. Follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at OriginalCastPod. You can follow me, Patrick Flynn, on Twitter at UnknownPenguin. You can email us at OriginalCastPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Subscribe to the Original Cast on iTunes, and while you're there, please give us a comment and a rating so other people can find the show. My thanks to Michael J. Bobbitt for coming down and talking to me. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal. you